You are now tuned in to DAR Sports Media, and we are on fire tonight because we have two special guests with us, two of the primary hosts of the Black Guy Wrestling Podcast, Scullin Underwood, Nolo Green. What's going on, guys? Super pumped to have you guys in here. Man, thank you for having us, man. Yes, the feeling is mutual. Appreciate you for this. Yeah, this feels like... um when uh stone cold and triple h linked up you know <laughs> i like it like yeah, <laughs> yeah so sir. we're um I, we gotta i mean already before we were getting on here if we're just getting rolling me and you especially skull we gotta we're gonna have ourselves a golden age 80s nostalgia hour everybody else can just hang out and me and you can just chop because we were we, we, we were doing it big right yes, before sir, this started up so that's I awesome that's awesome feet up and let y'all enjoy y'all <laughs> because we, we don't come around. I don't know, like some of the listeners, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the nostalgia hours. We have wrestlers on and we talk and it literally almost every single person that we've had on is like ruthless aggression, ruthless aggression era, ruthless aggression era. Like everything. That's a great era, but like, I'm the only one I'm always by myself saying I I'm a, I'm a golden age, uh, child of the golden age, macho man, gorilla, Bobby, Jesse Ventura, uh, the NWA, all that dusty Rick, um, the under, you know, Midnight Express, all those guys. Um, I'm always by myself, so I'm hyped that we came across hey, one another. Tell look, the listeners what they get out of the Black Guy Wrestling Podcast. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a. Um, I would say. I, I I don't want to use this because I feel like it's cliche, but I feel like this describes us perfect is authenticity. Like I said, like we are very like when you listen to the Black Guy Wrestling Podcast, you are genuinely listening to like four friends, four brothers who have a common like love for not only for ourselves, but for this thing called pro wrestling. Because like I said, when when we link up, it is just like we don't even it doesn't even feel like there is a mic it just feels like we just really just be chopping it up and just Having going fun conversation exactly exactly so i think that's you know what i mean like I, I for me at least i don't know about nolo but i know for me i always want to convey for people that they not listening to a podcast like they're a part of the podcast um, what, you, what about you nolo uh personally i feel like when you let's sit down and listen to us that you can like close to like same thing with the authenticity, but we honestly are just ourselves. Like we don't try to fake to be like anything. We're not out here with like no agenda uh, uh, per se, other than uh, black people winning all the time. Yeah. But, <laughs> but other than that, but honestly, we just, you get a fun time. You're going to laugh. You might cry sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Mostly, you're going to be there, and it's going to be an enjoyable experience. And through these almost five years, mm -hmm. I would say that we've done a good job of conveying mm -hmm. that. It's mm -hmm. awesome. So when do you guys usually drop? Yeah. <laughs> so we've, we've gotten in a better – well, as the years have gone on, especially we're about to hit our, uh, our fifth-year anniversary episode in December – so our consistency has gotten a lot better. We usually drop on Tuesdays. Prior to that, it was more of like, hey. We'll warn you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you know that it's coming. Like, like we'll record. Usually our record days will be a Sunday. 
we're dropping on a Tuesday, but then there'd be like them times where like we all can't come together. Or like I said, shout out to uh to our two co other co-hosts, D Mac, Chaz. But um everybody has like different schedules. So it's kind of like one of those things like, hey, we might drop on Thursday, might drop on Monday. It just depends on the flow of the vibe that we're trying to do better on a concrete game, <laughs> which would be a Tuesday. Uh, it's New Day rules over here. Uh, mm. um, you might get all four of us. You might get three of us. You might just get us two. And whatever it is, we make it rock. Uh, but we've definitely gotten a lot better on our consistency. Yes. Tuesdays are usually the days. But you might you might mess around and get it on Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So everybody out there, look out on Tuesday mostly. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yes. dude, that's perfect. That's perfect. Excuse me. So this week, a little bit slower news week, but we got some other stuff we're going to hit on um, as we go along. Uh, Dynamite does a pretty solid number, which is concerning since that episode was shitty as fuck. <laughs> or at least I think so. Um, I don't know if you guys had a different take. What did you guys think of the Dynamite episode last night? It was... It was... Uh, the thing with Dynamite, and I think recently, is being, like, more on the forefront. Like, there's just no, like... They go through these periods where it's, like, really good, but then when it's really bad, you can tell that it's really bad. And I feel like they're in this uh, this weird holding power trying to figure out... I genuinely think the Adam Cole injury slowed a lot of the momentum down for them. And I think it does reflect the, the trajectory of the entire show. So I think they're just not in a good place as far as like, it's the, the consistent problems. They're pacing, you know what I mean? Like the stories that they're trying to tell just doesn't hit on a long-term scale. I don't know if you feel the same way. I mean, but mostly it's because of injuries that be messing them up. So then when they, they like you said, they go through the highs and lows. And when they always have to adapt, there's not always uh, the best. I mean, they might have put in a good effort, but it won't good. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, are, are we, are we kind of over it with, uh, if I need to see, never see another one of these Adam Cole things, it'll be. Too fucking soon. Too fucking late for me. I'm 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 over it with these. What about you guys? Oh man. I personally <laughs> like them. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Oh, yeah. Explain yeah, why. I personally I personally enjoy them. The uh what has it been? Like three of them now? About three, yeah. Yeah. So the first two I love the most. Last night's I can understand if you were like, that won't it. I can totally get it. But for the most part, I I mean two out of three is not bad. I mean, so the last one I was like, okay, they're like pushing your welcome, and then last night it was, it was the welcome was fucking worn out. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I got you. You're lucky. True is still crossing the street because he'd be fucking just stomping a mud hole right now. He was he was not pleased with last night's dynamite. Um, oh, we'll, I'm we'll, not, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll touch back on it when he gets in here. He is also at the same time the ultimate hater. So, uh, you know. I respect. Oh, that's the wrong thing. Grain of me, salt. Great of salt. Oh, here we go. He's almost back. <laughs> Grain of salt. Ultimate hater. Ultimate hater is ridiculous. Okay, I'm not a hater. If I don't like the, it, I don't like it. I don't mean that I'm hating. He has face paint on. <laughs> Ultimate. 
the face paint instead of the the bat. It's like an H. Look, I just want people to know: hate is not in my blood. Hate has never been in my blood. What I do is I tell the truth. I've always told the truth, and I'm I'm honest. Sometimes to my own detriment. To my to my own detriment with uh. You don't want to say like nothing. You say is hating. No, I don't have no hate. No, no hating. No, I I I don't I don't look at it as hating. I don't look at it. I mean, hating. sometimes it's fun to hate. No, you know what? No, 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 no. True's not a hater. That's that, that was the wrong term to use. He is a has a very critical eye. <laughs> yeah, somebody. It's funny. Somebody. It's funny. Somebody told me they was talking to me about the pod, and he said, "Yo, I'm listening. If y'all hear me uh, eating, I'm just eating the leftover my leftover food." Um, <laughs> but um, nah. Like somebody told me, he was like, "Man, you 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 got like you're strict about what you like in wrestling." I said, "Well, brother, I've been watching this shit 25, 30 years at this point." So it's like, I know what I like to see. I know what I don't like to see. Some you people like are different. Like. Yeah, some people are different. Some people, like, I see people all the time that defend <laughs> everything. Like, I saw one guy last night. Uh, he was like, man, I know there's a lot of things that people aren't going to like. But, hey, we still got this match and that match. So that's good, right? And I'm like, yeah, but that means if you got two things on a show that's two hours that you like, the show overall just wasn't good. It's okay to say that. It's okay to say that the show might not have been good and like i watched dynamite in full for the first time in probably maybe like a month or two like i always catch the highlights and stuff like that i've been you know busy dad life and other shit so it's different you know i don't yeah and i I was just like come on man and you know the funniest thing i hit somebody up that works at aw and i was mad because this is before before the show even went on i was like yo Y'all ain't got no women's match on the show tonight? And they were like, they were like, no, nah, we got Sheeta and uh, Emmy. And I was like, why y'all haven't promoted it? It's like 2 33 o'clock. Like, y'all waiting to the last minute? I'm the like, women's championship. Yeah, I'm like, that's crazy. Like, you got the women's champion. She just won. She's quote unquote set to have a a, a big, well, I, well, I won't say that, but um, Yo, she was maybe. You know, I don't want to say I don't want to say that, but uh, she was maybe about to have a, a a big match heading into L.A. for full gear. I'm like, bro, like y'all not gonna y'all not gonna promote, and they're, and they're like, no, we're getting to it. And I was just like, all right. But I've said before, I've said this on the show, I've said this on Twitter. I say a lot of things, but I mean it. I don't think sometimes that they know what they're doing in mm-hmm. AEW. That's not disrespecting them. I think sometimes we get in our own heads, and if you're in that. In a prominent position that like Tony and his team are, you might think, oh man, you know, the internet's not going to love this, but the crowd might like it. But then sometimes there's segments where the crowd doesn't give you the reaction you're looking for. And then maybe that crowd did give you the reaction, but maybe people watching tuned out. And we saw, based on what the ratings were, that yeah. people weren't feeling that Battle Royal, which that was dog shit. That Battle Royal was dog shit. I don't know. They got to stop doing Battle Royals. They, they can't like, always be the answer. It was not good. And I thought we knew Juice Robinson was going to win it, right? Like, I think it was pretty obvious. But I'm going to say this too. I think the online stuff for AEW sometimes boggles them down. And I think this Max Caster and MJF stuff, <laughs> I think it's a terminally online thing that, like, the crowd is kind of getting, but not getting at the same time. So, also, it's just kind of just weird. 
Like it's not, it doesn't feel genuine. Like it's not like a genuine thing. It's like, it's just, you added it because Max has been, you know, Max Cash has been, you know, trying to flirt with MJF online. And mm-hmm. it's like, if you're in the crowd, your first thought is why is the acclaim trying to flirt with MJF? Like that doesn't even fit MJF's character. So it's weird. And I had one of my boys, he was like, man, I'm watching this AW shit. He like, why, bro? Uh, talking about trying to scissor him and all that shit like that. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I said, you, you. He was like, nah, man. He said, look, I, you know, wrestling, wrestling got day, whatever. He said, but I don't know nothing about this shit. Like, what is this? And I was like, man, that's their gimmick. He was like, I know that's their gimmick, but why are they doing it with MJF? Like, MJF supposed to be like, you know, the champ. He's supposed to be the man. So you know, it's like, why you got him saddled with these guys who are, like, they're claiming they're a good team, but essentially their run is like. They're a joke, sort of. They're not a joke as a team, but like everything they do is like we come out, we rap, not not very well, but they come out and they rap and they make their jokes, they make jokes, and it's like scissor me and all. Like they're a fun team. They don't fit at all with MJF, so it's just I, I know what they're trying to do. I'm sure it'll work for their fan base. I just didn't like it. I'm just not a fan of what I saw last night in general. But I mean, I'm going. I feel like they're trying to they have a goal with this. Like I don't like I think it plays into like the whole MJF doesn't really have friends thing and his only friend is Adam who's not there. And yes, is Mass Caster being extremely weird about it? Absolutely. But some people are weird and awkward. And that's just how they do things sometimes. Uh so I feel like if it's gonna play into that storyline, like he'll slowly start letting Max help him. And when he needs help, and they'll start not being like super friends like him and Adam, but like he has someone who has his back. I I feel that in like this particular situation, like I feel like MJF with the claim it's the buildup of MJF doing the scissoring thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. I feel like I feel like this whole premise, which I agree with True uh, on the sense of like the correlation of what Max Caster is doing on Twitter might not correlate to what the crowd is doing because for a crowd, if you don't follow Max Caster, you have no idea that he's doing the the flirting thing mm-hmm. with MJF. Right. So I think they're I think as the weeks go on, they'll get a little bit better at it. But I do ultimately think this is just a and I think this is just a short time a short term vision. They want to get the pop MJF mm-hmm. doing the scissoring thing. You know what I mean? It'll go viral, like or not viral, but like it'll get some numbers, and boom, you got a you got a moment that can be put on the highlights. But outside of that, I don't, I don't see the pur- the purpose of this either. Mm, I got you. Yeah, I was just trying to make it work. You do, yeah. Optimism is great. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. <laughs> we I like love it. optimism no. here. We love no. optimism here. Oh, me and Nolo, me and Nolo will be the optimists. Yeah. Hey man, somebody gotta be optimistic. Skull can, yeah. can shit on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you guys do um any WWE at all over there at Black Eyed Wrestling Podcast? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay, for, okay. for a while we were very anti AEW. Yes, yeah. Yes. So we oh, okay. <laughs> okay. It took us a while. Um, so I have said often, I think this is gonna pop you guys. Um, I have said often on this show, you can tell. The, the best gauge of the level of Vince McMahon's involvement is how fucking stupid whatever Bronson Reed is doing. 
Yes. If he's terrible. dressed fucking ridiculous and talking like no human being would ever fucking speak in the history of the goddamn world, then Vince McMahon is fucking involved. If he's being fucking awesome and whooping ass and not doing that gimmicky bullshit, then Vince is gone. We've heard a lot lately that Vince is kind of put on the shelf basically by Endeavor. It's been a long running storyline on this show because I kind of laid out my conspiracy theory about a month ago and then the fucking shit happened. <laughs> and now it's being promoted by promoted by uh, all the major news sites that he's kind of been, you know, he's kind of just a name on a on a payroll now. Um yeah. and Triple H actually runs the the WWE, the wrestling side and Nick Khan runs the business side. Um so have you guys cuz it's been about 2 weeks We've gotten some awesome Bronson Reed. That's our barometer. That's how we know it's true. Um, have you guys enjoyed the the creative direction of of Raw and and WWE since this kind of this coup happened in the last few yeah. weeks? Yeah, absolutely. Because it feels and we said this last year when um when Vince had retired and Triple H first took the book that it felt like a new product, you know what I mean? Sometimes all you got to do is just add a fresh kind of paint to something and it looks, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it catches your eye. So seeing matches like Bronson Reed and Gunther, you know what I mean? Like that pops a, a section of the crowd that love like heavyweight style wrestling, you know what I mean? Like the infight, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yes. right, right, right. The, me and the Big E, man, we're the we're the leaders of the fucking clubhouse. <laughs> Come on, you know, you know it. Yeah. Um, seeing Tegan Knox and um, uh, what's uh the shorties that be doing the rave joint? Oh, uh, Katana, Katana and Casey. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Zia like, Lee. That's what I, I I texted True, and I was like, oh, that motherfucker is long gone. <laughs> Zia <laughs> Lee is on this show. <laughs> Shoot, under under Vince McMahon, like you're not seeing Ivar go crazy in the rain like that. You you know what I mean? Like, oh, Johnny came back. John, D, yeah, DIY. <laughs> there yeah. you go. It, it's it's very evident because, like I said, like the whole you just see a different tone in the show. You know what I mean? Like even just from like a few weeks back of like, yeah. remember that Miz Drew McIntyre promo? Yes. Like I felt like that was a Vince directed promo you know what i mean like we don't care about what's going on for the crowd this is just a probably is popping his kid or whatever like that but with trip with triple h i feel like he's resorting to that um the way that he was running nxt like well it feels more like a wrestling show now exactly you know what i mean like you're gonna get your stories but you're gonna get like these these matches as well well and it's kind of um and I've, i've gone through this a bunch of times i've laid this out and i bet i'll get some head nods here um, where WWE, when Vince is running it, feels like okay. So, like in a show, when you sit down and you watch a show on Netflix, twenty episodes, if one character is standing out and they're being awesome nine episodes in, the show doesn't suddenly change to favor that character. The show is the show, and that is how the WWE is. They make their plans. This is what we're going to put on our TV show, and then that's what happens, regardless. Of if it's working, if people are fucking interested in it, if people are getting over, it's just this is just what happens. Um, and now it feels a little bit more like maybe we could be a little more flexible, try to put some different stuff out there, try to do some things that get people actually over instead of 
well, people are going to watch this anyway because the show is the show. I'd say, man, all I know is I'm excited for uh, Shinsuke Nakamura having more time and yeah. going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. No. My man's. Hey, I lo- look, I love Shinsuke. I love Shin- I-, I love love Shinsuke with all my heart. Yeah, here's, you, that, here's that butt coming. You weren't, you weren't there for the the, the, the 2008 run. You weren't, you weren't there for that, you know what I mean? But we know what his position is. Yeah, I'm not saying I don't need him to win like no world title or nothing. Oh, that's why I thought that. No, 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 no. I just enjoy him being on my television with uh, good. Yo, his vignettes he does amazing. They've been cooking the matches he gets. The vignettes with the subtitles is fucking excellent. I don't know why. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why wrestling companies seem to have fought that for so long, because especially in the modern era, there's so many big shows that are subtitled. Like people are used to that in their entertainment, especially uh, maybe not as much WWE, but definitely like AEW. It's more of a this is going to get a little odd, but I think you guys know know what I mean. It's a little bit more artsy, a little bit more liberal leaning crowd who watches it. So like these are not people who are unfamiliar with subtitled shows and movies and liking them. So I don't know why they've been trying to force square pegs into round holes and make these guys speak English. That's not their first language where they get on TV and fucking struggle. And, you know, sometimes people are laughing at them or sometimes it's just not working when they could have been doing subtitles in their native languages and been, been fucking cool mm. this whole time. Um, pump, I, AEW started to do a little bit with Andrade, but I also think he worked on his English on the way back because when he came back, he was, like, really good. Um, good at him. But doing this with Shinsuke is, is fucking phenomenal. Like, I just love it. I love the feel of those vignettes. I love the subtitles where he gets to be comfortable. I fucking love it. Just don't need to be a world champ. That was not what I was saying. Okay, my apologies. No, my, my bad. I, my bad. I just my like bad. enjoy him on my television. That's, That's it. That is fair. Like if he, I, for real, I don't need him to win no title. But if he won like a title, it don't need to be yeah. a world title. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Don't need any. Like I said, yeah, and I, you don't. You don't need any titles. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need no intercontinental. Oh no 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 no. That's Gunther. Yeah, yeah that's yeah that's yeah that's off limits. That's off limits. What you mean? It's that man. Uh, last week when I had to start texting people with pictures of like pictures of the TV, like holy shit, this is fucking happening. Fucking LA Knight came out and fucking confronted Roman Reigns. Or you guys throwing your kitchen table through the glass door like I was because I was freaking out. So there's two ways I've looked at because I'm very excited about the LA Knight Roman Reigns match. And, we, we, you know, we had a debate um, the other day where we were talking about whether we thought it was if it was too soon for this match to happen. And Nolo brought up a good point that, like, you know, obviously this is a big match for LA Knight. He can lose, but still look amazing. In still it. look amazing in it, right? And I think my opinion changed because I was on the the side like, man, this match is happening too soon. I'm actually on the the side of the fence where I actually think L.A. Knight, his reactions and merchandise are way bigger than what Cody's are. Like they're like tipping the line, but I think L.A. Knight's is pops are getting a little bit bigger than Cody's. Mm-hmm. But then you have the the Roman and Cody face off, and that kind of like brings like 
I so yeah, that's that's definitely what that's the main event. That's the big thing. <laughs> yeah, my my only fear with LA Knight and I think I think we'll see this more after the match with Roman is once he loses to Roman, is he able to sustain the crowd reactions? Like I felt like Cody had to go through that. Like obviously everybody was like, boom, how's he gonna recover from the loss? And can maintain one year later having a match with Roman. Obviously, have the Brock feud and everything like that. So I'm very curious just to see what LA Knight does after the match with Roman. Does Isn't the like- pop still the same? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's where, where my my head headspace is at with it. Isn't that kind of weird though that we? And they, tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me. Tell me if you guys think think otherwise. But isn't it kind of strange that we just like accept that now as like the way to do business like can you imagine the ultimate warrior when he was on his build then being like okay he's a meteorite but let's have him lose and then see if he can sustain it and then that will prove if he's like a real star or stone cold steve austin when he was on his rise going to his royal rumble to win oh well well, let's have him lose first and then we'll see if he can maintain his heat and that's how we'll know like isn't isn't that kind of a strange way to because that's that's what this LA Knight thing reminds me of, and I might be overrating it because I like him. No, but so that's what it reminds I feel me like of. you'll appreciate. So, I feel like you'll appreciate this because we, you know, we we very old school in the way we. Evolve. I bet I know what you're about right. to say. Go ahead. Yeah. It reminds me of Magnum TA a little bit, right? And the reason why I say that, especially for those that know, like Magnum had matches with Flair in '85, right? But the buildup was to always get to Magnum beating Flair maybe like a year or two later, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, the car accident like derailed that and everything. But LA Knight kind of is in that same position where I feel he has the match with Roman and um, WrestleMania would be, what, 41? What, this next one? Yeah. It's oh, actually, no, no, 40. no. no. After, oh, after, after that, 41? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 41, yeah. After Cody gets his, like, I feel like you got the potential of, like, a rock Cena type or not rock and Austin type thing mm-hmm. where it's the two biggest baby faces. I feel like you always got to go through that in WWE, but the Magnum TA parallel is that LA Knight's biggest thing is going to be the chase. It's not him holding the title. It's him chasing the title. It's very similar to Cena and mm-hmm. Cena's come up to winning the title. Like he had the US title, you know, he'd been on the, uh, the roster for a little bit. But you got to go through maybe like a year before you get to the big moment. But then it's 41 too far away to do that crowning achievement. Pretty far. It's pretty far. It's pretty far, right? It's a long time. But that's what I'm saying. They got to make a decision who you want as – in an ideal world, they're on two different rosters. Mm -hmm. Cody has, you know – the uh the WWE title, LA Knight has the world title. But then you got a whole slew of people coming up. You got Gunther, you got So Drew. they have been doing a lot of talking about the state of Seth Rollins' back. So maybe he drops it soon to a heel, and then you can have LA Knight take that belt. He can win the rumble, choose to go after that belt. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like, in in my perfect world, I would give the world title to Goofy. Like, I've I've been very... I'm with it. That's kind of the guy who I was thinking of, but I would rather have Goofy have a long run, but yeah, that's... 
like in, in my head, the the way that I've booked like the main event is like Seth in a perfect world with with no uh, back problems is a title for title match with Gunther at night one of Mania, but that doesn't sound like it's realistic. Well, if right? it's a perfect world, then Gunther's coming out to his real theme music, right? Because oh, that yes badly needs yeah. to be fucking fixed. God, I hate it so much. <laughs> yeah, oh. I've grown to not hate it. But it's so the original is so much better. No, but I, I, I don't hate the new one. I hate that he doesn't have the old one because oh, it was that. such that's... a good, perfect fucking entrance. And I don't know what they're thinking, what the deal is. I sent multiple emails trying to get that thing back on TV, <laughs> dog. Like I need, I need that joint in my life, man. So what else is uh, sticking out to you guys right now in the WWE, especially since Triple H is taking over? Uh. Let's go with. I'm happy that Eo Shirai. Not wait, Eo Sky. Eo Sky. Why do I call it? Damn, my bad. You, you, I went back. You was already back. Cause that's her room. fucking name. Yeah, I gave her back. I gave her back her name. Now you can't do that. Uh, so. her, her, her mama named her Eo Shirai. I'm gonna call her Eo Shirai. I'm gonna call her Eo Shirai. Absolutely, absolutely. But I really like the the story that they're telling with um, her. And Bailey, because you know that's coming around the corner. Bailey can't be her best friend this long and allow her to hold that belt that she craves so much. I'm at like I'm happy that they are actually letting it go a little bit and not doing it so soon so that uh EO can have like an actually good reign. Uh we got her and Asuka, even though I really need to have to run back at least one more time. And I'm enjoying the matches that she's been doing. So but true, you there, bud? Uh yeah, I am. What are we gonna do I'm, with this uh, LA Knight situation? I think I already talked about it already uh, a couple times, man. I I'm I don't like LA Knight and Roman Reigns thing, uh, because I know where it's going. And I feel like, you know, LA Knight deserves to be, you know, in in the mix with the big players. But I'm really nervous about what they do with him after he obviously loses to Roman. So I, I'm I'm a big I'm a big fan of LA Knight. He is probably the most entertaining thing to me in WWE. Everybody who listens to this show knows I am not a, a big WWE guy. Um, I have not been. I haven't really, I wasn't really a big wrestling guy in general from like 2016 to 2021 ish. Um, mostly because of my own experience working in the business. Uh, so I just didn't really care to watch any of it. But um, I think LA Knight is uh I think he's he's a superstar. I think he's great. And I think as good as Roman has been in this title reign, I personally feel like I know they're trying to do this Cody thing and I know we're dragging it. Everybody knows how I feel about Cody. Not a, I've never been a fan of Cody back in the days when he, he had no knee, no knee pads on. <laughs> never, never liked him. So, but so I get what they're doing. No, he's super over. He's 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 their you know he's their face. He's their guy. But I feel like La Knight taps into almost a different, uh, like a different style of fan in a sense because oh absolutely. LA, you know, and I think La Knight to me is a guy where if there was a way to get them both into the title picture, hitting into into WrestleMania, and and like I, I'm, I'm I hate. I've said this before too, and I've said this on Twitter and old podcasts. I hate doing WrestleMania main events two years in a row. I hate that. I hate it. 
if you're going to space it out like an Austin and Rock, but guess what? Austin and Rock are Austin and Rock. Roman and Cody, they cool, but they ain't no damn Austin and Rock. I don't want to see that. We've seen Brock and Roman. <laughs> it's like they did that like 30,000 times. And it's like, all right, man. The one thing I don't like is that you have LA Knight who got over unexpectedly, really. Um, they made a Max Dupree for a while. So he's got hot. He has got his own catchphrases. He's got you no know, merchandise moving. And I think you take him and you're you're going to have him go. And it's not even like he's getting a match to say Survivor Series or, uh, you know, it's not like he's getting a match at like a Royal Rumble or even. It's at Crown Jewel, which is the Saudi Arabia pay-per-view, which is like, it's to me, that was, those always throwaway pay-per-views, man. Like, they're not, they're not like, I don't, I don't know many people. The one thing I remember somebody saying about the Crown Jewel pay-per-views is, hey, wasn't that that match? One of that one that pay-per-view where like HBK and, and Triple H was washing shit against Undertaker and Kane. Like yeah. that's what I remember the most. I can't think of a match where I'm like, yo, that was fine. Like, maybe it was like Edge and the Edge and Seth have a match. At, yeah, they, yeah, they had a match out there. Yeah. 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 That that's probably the one thing that comes to mind when I think of I know Brock and Roman had one and you know other stuff. And I think was it Lo- was it the Logan Paul match that took place Lo- in Logan and yeah. Roman? Yeah. 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 So like there's a couple matches that stick out. But even then, it's like Roman's been champion what three years now, and we know he's gonna lose it to Cody. So it makes a LA Knight match feel insignificant because we already know what to expect. And I think I hate those type of moments because I like the idea of like when Jay Uso fought Roman at SummerSlam, there was like a little bit of like maybe they actually do this. I doubt they would, but maybe they do it. Nobody's gonna believe LA Knight is walking out of Saudi or fucking Arabia with the damn title. Nobody's gonna is, believe isn't that. Isn't that like a huge waste? Like with I a guy on I this kind know. of a fucking this kind of a meteoric rise to waste his first title shot like that. And I think he did so well in that promo with Roman that I was like, man, like, ye, this dude got something, man. Like, you know what would be you, amazing if they did it and fucking LA Knight won and then they came back and Paul Heyman pulled the old well it didn't happen you know I like they used to do title oh, changes in like Japan not a dusty finish. yeah <laughs> not they did dusty. they would do they would do title changes in Japan and then they'd come back and claim it wasn't valid and they'd <laughs> have to give the belt back but like Paul Heyman has like this legal wrangling that he can do to get the belt back on Roman that would be Fucking that'd amazing. be tough. <laughs> that'd be that'd be a great way to make it mean something for sure. <laughs> because look, we all saw WrestleMania. We all saw how Cody lost. I'm sorry, that shit was lame. And I don't even like Cody. I thought that was a lame ending, bro. Like you had this nigga get 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 the the, the solo spike and then one spear, and that was it. <laughs> like Roman, damn sure Roman got was it? Uh, Sami Zayn hit him with, with the joint. Kevin Steen hit him with the stunner. Cody was hitting him with about three three crossroads. And I'm like, he just get right back up, spare him, and that's it. That's the that's that's the match. And I don't want to see LA Knight hit his hit his you know get ready hit his move, and then you know Heyman jumps up on the apron oh, and then no. solos. So like it's the same. Like you gotta Roman's a good enough wrestler where he can do something different. Outside of the same, like, we got to get Jimmy Uso in there. We got to get one of the, you know, solo in there. Like, you don't have to always continue doing that. And I think that is, to me, the one thing that I've disliked about what I have seen from WWE with Roman is, like, I think that first year or two, 
that he was rolling. I thought Roman was cooking, man. He was having matches. Absolutely and, was. Like, he was rolling. And I and I was like, and I never, once again, never been a big, big fan of Roman over the years, especially when he was a face and doing all that suffering succotage bullshit. So I didn't like him, but I'm like, yo, he got the right character now. He's cooking. He's having good matches. He got some good opponents. And in my mind, this is a year-long title reign. 2020, I'm like, he's going to have this belt for like a year, probably like the 2022 WrestleMania. So, you know, like, let him get his run in. He finally got that, you know, that title run where he, he, he everything is clicking and it's, it's going to be good. And we're like almost four years, three, three plus years into it. I'm just like, we're about to see another overbooked main event in Saudi. And then we're going to get like a, you know, a big Survivor Series match. And I, if I know WWE, there is a odd chance that LA Knight gets the pinfall uh, to win the Survivor Series match that I'm sure he'll be in. Uh, but I don't even see them. But I, if, if I know them, they're going to do Cody maybe getting the win on Roman to eliminate or whatever, if it's war games or whatever it is, but war game, do you have to, I don't remember. I haven't watched war games in a while. Do you have to eliminate everybody or just one pinfall? No, it's, it's one pin. It's one pin. One pin. Completely understand. You know, and so, but it's just that even in, okay. So you got the war games coming up at survivor series. I think we kind of know that's where it's headed. And it's like, you got an opportunity to Roman doesn't have to take the pin. But Solo could take the pin, or or Jimmy could take the pin. So you got these all these different scenarios. Like does Jay pin Jimmy, which will further their situation? Does LA Knight go over on or Jimmy on a or Solo, or does Roman actually take a pinfall, which will start to show the crack in his armor a little bit more? You know, what I mean, they're like, oh, he's been unstoppable, but oh no, that would somebody be, might have so his number. The interesting thing, the way to have done this, and me and you have talked about it, true. The interesting way to have done this from the beginning. Was to have Roman take that L, but still be talking shit to everybody like they're the fucking reasons that the bloodline is fucking falling apart. They could, they still yep. have a chance to do it if Roman takes the pin, but he's still shit talking everyone like they're beneath him, but he's the fucking reason they lost. That would be fucking excellent. That's another chance to do that. I've said this. I, I just want to cut you off. I just want to say, oh no, you go, bro. Having somebody lose and not lose for like three years, four years. Is crazy in this era. There's too much television. There's too many events. That's crazy to me. I get it's different. A year, maybe two. Okay, three to four years with Jay Uso being the only person. Like I think that's crazy. Like in in the days of Bruno San Martino, Hulk Hogan, and people like that, it made sense because them niggas was wrestling like once every two months. And then when they was wrestling, nobody was even. You know what I mean? Like it's different, but. I think it's crazy. And so I feel like now you go in every Roman match with this idea, you know, and it's just kind of like, okay, now you don't, you know, you don't have, you don't have any mystery about the matches anymore. There's no mystery. You know, I think after Jay Uso, it's like, he was gone for two months and then he comes back and it's like, Oh, LA Knight. Well, he about to lose. And then whatever, whoever's going to fight at Royal Rumble. Oh shit. He ain't winning. And, you know, there, there's no Cody's the if Cody's the guy, it's just like, OK, but then my question will be after Cody wins, then what then for Roman? Then what? What's left oh, for Roman? He's going to go away yeah, for a while. And then who knows? Yeah, He's he going to go to Hollywood, you know, if, if they get the writer strike and actor strike uh, figured out. I think I think he got Hollywood deals waiting. 
they just they just mm-hmm. he just hasn't taken them. Same thing. I know they you know they want uh I think Jade's gonna be one of those too when she gets when she gets rolling. Jade, I think Jade is she she sees WWE as a stepping stone to uh you know movies and TV and oh, things easily. like that. Jade has an end goal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She already knows what it is. Yeah. So I think for Roman, if I'm Roman, look, he went through with leukemia a couple years, but a couple years ago, he made it through that. He'd been champion for God knows how long. He's had a great run. He's been calling himself the GOAT and all that shit. You lose his belt, go away. Let people miss you. Go make, you know, like, if I had a choose between maybe going to make movies or TV shows and wrestling, I'd probably choose the movies and the TV shows. A lot less, you know, a lot less strenuous on your body. A lot to less, me, you know. The best thing that they could do, and I don't know how they could manage to do this just with the way that wrestling works now, but. The, to me, the best thing that they could do with Roman after he drops his belt is, yeah, go to Hollywood, make some movies, be gone for a while, and then have some sort of existential threat to the WWE come up. You know, like when they had the match where it was WCW versus WWE Survivor Series, and whoever lost was gone forever. Some sort of some, something like that. I don't know how you would work that in the modern era. And then mm. fucking Roman's music hits and he comes back and he's on the side of the WWE. Like, you're not. You're not putting the WWE away because I'm back. It'd be kind of like a situation in the comic books where there would be some sort of larger existential threat, and the X Men would get Magneto on their side, or or you know the the other heroes in Thanos, something like that. Um, I think that would be the best way to to utilize them after this run ends. Oh, what's gonna happen at the end of WrestleMania 40? You're gonna get the handshake between Cody and Roman, and that right there, obviously. Roman going to be gone for an extended period of time. So that handshake right there is the baby face turn. You know what I mean? So when Roman does come back, no matter what it is, that pop is going to be incredible. Right. And I feel when it comes to Roman, like, honestly, if Roman called it a day after WrestleMania 40, I'd be perfectly fine. He, I feel like here's nothing left for him to prove unless he falls into the, um, he takes the role that Brock had. Like, he pops up every few, you know, few months, you know, SummerSlam, the Saudi pay-per-views, Mania, XYZ. But outside of the, the this rematch with Cody, I don't see too much that Roman needs to do. That, you know what I mean? Like, let him be what he needs to be, a special attraction. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's now the allure of Roman Reigns. He is a special attraction. He is the way I feel that a world champion should be presented. Like, I, yeah. I'm very big on, like, you don't need to see the world champion every week. The world champion yeah. doesn't need to defend the title every month. You know what I mean? Like, they so should So were be. you as frustrated as me when they brought that fucking world heavyweight championship back? Like, I, I was like, this is working so well. You're using the intercontinental and the U.S. belts the way they're supposed to be used. You're retraining your audience. God damn it. <laughs> Why did you have to bring another and world so, title back? And, and like I said, like I felt the world title, like for, I felt like it was for Seth, it was well-deserved. You know what I mean? Like, obviously he wasn't going to be the one to, to beat Roman. Um, and it gave Seth like another accolade to it. I treat the world title in the sense of like, that's like the, that's the belt that gets defended every month. Like that's the the working man's belt. That's the working man's belt. What that used to be what the IC was, and it was. And that's what again. I was about to say because essentially on Raw you have two working man belts. You have 
Seth putting on these bangers. You have Gunther putting on these bangers. I actually put Gunther's IC title above the world title just because it, of the There's the an argument to be matches. made. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I was cool with it and I'm not I I'm not gonna say that I feel like Seth's run has been like disappointing. I think it's been very good, but like I said, I'm very I'm just very like I'm a huge combat sports fan. So like I love like the build really yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kickboxing. Scully, are, are are me and you gonna just split off and have our own podcast? We might have about to, old wrestling and MMA. Yeah, I'm I'm have to get your thoughts on this card this weekend because oh, we we gonna, gonna talk. We gonna all talk. I got all I have to say is, card fell apart at the last moment. It's happening on my birthday. Go oh, come on, and my favorite fighter fucking substituted into the fucking fight. Alexander Volkanovsky is my guy, so. Volk fight out of nowhere on my birthday. I'm so fucking hyped. Anyways. I know you're gonna be. I know you're gonna be locked in. You're gonna be. Look, I'm. I'm. Tamar Usman. I think is. Yes. I think he's the welterweight goat. You know what I mean? Where did GSP? People are but, fucking. People are fucking sleeping on that fight. Just a year ago, uh, yeah, people might, were he saying slut, he's though. the all-time greatest. <laughs> he might come be. On, come on, come but, get slut, <laughs> but it was just a year ago they were saying he was the fucking goat, and now. They're like, oh, it's it's whatever that he subbed into this fight. Only one guy's beat him twice. So, like, so and here, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually correlate this to the way that I feel like Roman should be presented, right? Because yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good thought. To, the podcast I was listening to brought that up. Like, it was just a year ago, people were saying Kamar Usman is the pound for pound best fighter in the world, and now they're saying he maybe ever. ever you wouldn't even right? buy his fights because it was so obvious he was going to win, right? And I feel that I love love the story of if I was doing the booking of Roman from this point on to WrestleMania, I want the idea that he's becoming there's a threat, but he's becoming the aging champion. Like even in those periods, it's kind of like John Jones at the end of his light heavyweight title run. There was a couple of decisions where you're like, he maybe did oh, it. his last five he just went out there and did so i i talk about this theory all the time with people um and you know what we're getting a little bit off wrestling but that's why we had the black eye wrestling podcast this is this is this is featuring them so this is some of the extra stuff you'll get you so really? i've i've had this theory that I've, I've said to all my mma friends and you're gonna you're gonna it's gonna dawn on you like right when i say it unless you're already thinking it a lot of times great fighters there's that old saying, it's hard to wake up at 6 a.m. when you're sleeping in silk sheets. And they, you can tell a couple of fights early that they don't really want to be there anymore. Yeah. And that is, you can kind of get away with it in basketball. You can kind of get away with it in football. You can kind of get away with it a lot. You cannot get away with it in fighting because that other person is a starving pit bull and they want to rip your fucking throat out. And no, if you're no. not 100% there, you're you're going to go down. It just happened with Shevchenko. Two fights ago, she was done. I could see it. His, uh, with uh, Izzy? Izzy, two fights ago, he was done. He didn't want to be there. It was blatantly obvious he didn't want to be there in that last fight because he really lost to someone who was several skill levels below him. Yeah. Uh, and and really, all he did was make him fight. Like he didn't, you know, he didn't want to be there anymore. John Jones is so transcendently fucking talented that he was able to still win his last like five fights 
when it was clear he didn't really want to be there anymore. And that's exactly the fights that you're referring to. He did not really want, but he's so fucking good. It's so much better than everybody else that he could half-ass it and still get decisions. And that's why he had to jump the heavyweight because he's like, I don't, I'm just doing whatever now. I'm just doing what I'm just doing side. I'm just doing side quests now. And and you see, and and like to tie it back into wrestling, that's how I think I would love to see Roman be it because I would love for him to go in the idea like he doesn't really want to do this LA night match, but LA night takes him to the limit. Like, and the Jay Uso match, like I was disappointed because at no point did it feel like Jay Uso was a threat anymore to the title. No, you're right. I want LA night to be a threat to the title because that's how you keep him strong. And then you got the, um, this this rumor of Randy Orton coming back and that possibly being Roman's uh, Royal Rumble match. Randy Orton, when he's on, he's going to make you work. That builds into another another joint, you know what I mean? And then by the time we got into Cody, you start seeing like the physical, like, tiredness of Roman Reigns. Like The toll. Have, have, have more and more situations where Heyman has to, like, Get in his face. You're the tribal chief. You're the tribal yeah, chief. Like, yeah. it gets more and more after every defense. Like, exactly. See him wearing exactly. down. Yeah. So, you guys, uh, we, we talked about love and love in the old school. Um, I wanted to hit on something with, with everybody here. Um, speaking of the old school, which is kind of not so much because it's changed a lot, but uh, NWA signed a TV deal this week hey. with uh, the CW. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, Tell me what you no, think. If I could prefer, if I could preference, Novo is a huge NWA fan. Stop. Oh, it. oh, no, okay. not. good to know. <laughs> no, 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 I know. <laughs> That's um, absolutely not. To the, so, I put it like this I have to, so we have to, we defend, uh, we have our uh predictions title, and with what is it for impact? Bound for, Bound glory? for glory, okay, for Bound for Glory. Me and Scotland have a wager. If he wins, I have to watch and then review the next four episodes of NWA. And if and if I win, he cannot go for the belt for the rest of the year. So I am not losing. I refuse to watch four episodes in a row. I will not do it. So I must win. There's no other way. So I, but I shout out to NWA for getting a, a deal. But other so, than I will not watch unless forced to. My take, like I said on on Twitter at the time, was it's because we've talked about that on this podcast a lot. Like we would love it. The more places with good TV deals, the better because we want more places for people to work, more people places for people to get paid, more money Absolutely. in this business for everybody. Um, and so. It's I'm excited that they got the deal and they have a real TV presence weekly. Uh, but it's the fucking NWA. So I hope maybe old old Billy Billy C he maybe gets some some different bookers in there, some different perspective. Since this is gonna gonna be a major TV product, he does not particularly seem like he there's a lot of potential for that to actually happen, but uh, what do you? What's your? What's your guys' take on? True sounds like he's really excited <laughs> about TNA on the CW. <laughs> NWA on the so CW. So here's two things. Uh, th- I should put TNA on CW too. Um, now my Agreed. thing is, I agree. That's who should have been on the CW. 
Yeah, if you're going to put anybody. Yeah, that's who should have been there. So I got two things. Um, So one, uh, at the NWA, it's looking to hire anybody to do music or creative. Uh, My resume is strong. They can get at me. The wrestling promotion or the band. Yes, yes, also. (laughs) So, um, So... In order for someone to have a deal uh, with the TV network, I hope that means that they're getting the, enough funding to finally pay their wrestlers what the fuck they need to get paid. Hey, tell um, them. Hey, my, yeah, hell my, yeah. My issue, my issue stand with on, NWA, stand on business. And we always stand on business. That's a fact. But look, I've said this before over the years, before we even were doing this particular pod, uh, ever since NWA has been in existence, They've had an issue with paying their talent. As someone who has worked uh, for indies and seen people go through problems with their pay, as someone who's seen big companies even have problems with their pay, I don't trust Billy to do the right thing, is mm. what I'll say. And if, if you know, if, if, if it happens, you know, if it happens and, um, and uh, and Billy does the right thing, then great. Um, I'll be honest, I don't really know who they have over there in NWA like that. Um, you know, I, I know they've had a lot of talent over there slip away. Yeah, that's what I say. Um, I don't know who they have, years. but I know who they have had. So it's certainly a place where a lot yeah. of awesome people have come through. And and I, and I think that's the problem. They've had so many awesome people come through there, but they didn't stick and they didn't stay, and they all found. Uh, brighter lights, and I, I saw Brodus Clay or, or Tyrus, whatever his name is. Seen this motherfucker uh, stinking up the joint <laughs> in one of their matches, and uh, you know that was that was pretty much you know what I mean like that was pretty much like the last thing I saw. And you know I think with the EC3 might be over there, but I think in order to get a TV deal, I'm, my my curiosity is what did the CW see that made them go. Let's give them a TV deal. Like I'm what genuinely, and I don't mean that like disrespectfully, but like I'm interested to know what it Probably was about like, NWA versus MLW Impact. wasn't available. Yeah, yeah or MLW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I think MLW does NWA better than what NWA does as yes, far it is. as like you know what I mean. So the NWA as a, I think this whole concept of like Billy Corgan trying to revive the NWA. You can't revive something that's been dead for nearly 30 plus years, right? Like the name, the NWA just doesn't hold weight to it. I think when it originally came back as like, you know what I mean? They had LA Knight, they had Eddie Kingston, they had Ricky Starks, they had Thunder Rosa. Like the potential was there. But also I feel that they took, obviously the pandemic, I feel definitely hurt them. You know what I mean? Billy not paying the talent the way that they should be paid. But it's just, they do nothing to, like, grab attention. Like, the closest I've gotten to, like, wanting to pay attention is when they had Darius Lockhart for a little bit. And then I think Lockhart got hurt, you know what I mean? And now, like, he's doing his own things, work to to Ashe. But I think um, when it comes to the NWA as a whole brand, like, there's just not, like, I'm not about to spend a regular Saturday. Hey, yo, I'm at the crib. Let me turn on NWA real quick. 
depends on the Thanks. night and how long the show is depends on the night yeah. and how long the show is no, i will never he said no <laughs> i will never turn in unless i'm unless i'm forced what for what for who who do they have worth it to even grab your eyeballs or do anything that's like uh going to make an impact Oh, like nice, it. nice sequitur there. Yeah, thank you. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys? You know, uh, go ahead. I'm not about to just say. I'm just saying, like honestly, like like Skylar said, they they had when they first came back and during the pandemic, they had a spark. It was going. It was looking good, and then everybody went away. <laughs> yeah, man, real bad. And then. Reporting live from Fox News. Um, no. Yeah, um, no, back. Absolutely. Back, so. I, honestly, I think that's how they even still around. Like Fox News, like kicked them a little money for Tyrus. <laughs> so, yo, and and keep in mind before before you move on, I love the idea. Like I loved the old school concept of territories. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just like I feel like that's how you break. Like I feel like that's one of the biggest things I have against the Indies is just. You shouldn't be focused on one particular location, like bounce around, like. But every place is the has become the same now. Like in the eighties, like the style of Florida was different than the style in Texas, which was different than the style of Georgia, which was different than what you got up north. But now, if you're gonna go back to the territory system, which they're they're going back to, I need to see, like, I need to see differences in the way that wrestling is done finally came across somebody who when i say uh calgary style wrestling he's gonna know what i'm talking about you know what tremendous you know, man look tremendous <laughs> true you, you were about to say something about the cw and nwa um yeah i was just gonna say look actually what i was gonna do a segue back to a point uh that was being made, um, you know, when Darius Lockhart was involved with the NWA. Uh, and I wanted to actually briefly touch on uh, Ashe Wrestling, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is coming up December 1st. Hell yeah. Um, and uh, Charlotte, which if, if people who know me know this, know this podcast, uh, Charlotte Wrestling has a special place in my heart. That's where I got my start inside this wrestling business. Uh, Darius Lockhart at the time was a trainee at High Spots uh, at the time. So in a full circle moment for me, I don't know if I'll be able to actually make it to the show per se, but if there's any way that I could, uh, you know, reach out to Darius and I, I, we have mutual contact. So I would love to help uh, in any way, shape or form with Ashley Wrestling. Um, they got a big show uh, December 1st. At the, I think it's the Grady Cole Center. I think they got Luke performing um, as well. I've seen a lot of black wrestlers. I'm, I'm really excited about getting to see uh, a vision come from, you know, uh, you know, black and black wrestling for sure. So um, this is really nice and dope to see to see that. I wanted to segue because, like I said, I don't watch the CW in general. So NWA, I probably not. I probably won't watch that shit either. But I will absolutely be supporting Ashe Wrestling. And uh, Darius Lockhart and, and what he does. And I think um, everybody, everybody who uh, listens to this, everybody who listens to, um, you know, to, to the Black Guy Wrestling Podcast, listens to any of the people who've ever been on this podcast or been on their podcast, 
you should support that because that is a very important thing. Black uh, empowerment in professional wrestling is very paramount. It's something that I, for the last 10 years, 11, 12 years of being as I've been trying to push for it since I got in this business. And I love to see so many more Black black faces in in professional wrestling getting prominence and getting uh getting opportunities to show what they can do whether that's in the ring outside of the ring making music whatever and that was important for me to say because nwa is fox news central so let's segue out of fox news central and actually talk about something that matters which is supporting uh any black movement that has uh talent behind it and good people so I wanted to segue off of that because I'm not watching NWA when it goes on <laughs> CW. This is no, this is no chance that. I, but I, I did want to mention non wrestling thing because I, I, I listened to this episode a couple times just because I and I was super super excited for the Black Guy Wrestling Podcast when they did it. Everybody knows me, uh, hip hop hip hop head as always, <laughs> big big hip hop head. And one of the reasons why I started rapping and well, at least changing my style of rap was Fonte uh, from Little Brother. And you guys got to interview Little Brother before their big uh, dorm festival thing that they had going on. So how, how was that for y'all? I wanted to ask y'all that. Hey, man, for, <laughs> for me, like I said, like I said on the pot, like Little Brother is my all time favorite group. So just the idea of something that like, I, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, us being a wrestling podcast, like, it was just, like, throwing our, like, our name in the hat. Like, hey, if you're able to come on the show, cool. If not, we we get it. But when they agreed to come on, we were, I was just like, yo, we're really about to interview Little Brother. And for me, it's like, I'm really about to interview my all-time favorite group. And I think it was just very, like, surreal until, like, the show was over. Like when the show was over, like nobody saw, but like I jumped up, like he can. <laughs> you know? I, I wanted you to do it during the free show. willy pose. Like, yeah, <laughs> and, and, you know what I mean. Like I, I would have done it on the show, but like I said, like I've you want to be professional. I've, I've done this this podcast thing like for such a long time. Like I know when to be a fan and when to be a professional, but like I don't think too like if there was a a moment in time where like everything froze it was that particular moment like i appreciate that you you was there rocking with me but you weren't in the room it was oh it, i definitely it, it, it was me talking to little brother and I, I just it was an incredible experience the fact that i got an opportunity to tell them how much they meant to me was easily one of my favorite things i've ever done in this space i've done podcasting for a long time easily top three things i've done in this space i, I that nobody will take that away from me nah man um i was most happy about that my my guy got to really just have his perfect day with his all-time favorite group and i basically was like here man kobe you got it <laughs> this is your time this is your time to shine baby i was like hey man you do your thing because I can only imagine like having a chance to like be able to do that. And it just came, it he literally came out of left field. It, it took a shot. It made it. 
they the, the dopest and nicest people I've, that I've ever very met nice. in hip hop and shit. Very nice. Um, but yeah, man, it was beautiful just to be able to see my friend enjoy himself. I got I gotta ask you though. You know, you said Little Brother's your favorite group of all time. And although this is supposed to be a wrestling podcast, I could give two shits about wrestling right now when you mentioned Little Brother. So I wanted to ask you, if do you have a ranking of their albums? Oh. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> yeah. So are we including, like, are we talking, like, the studio albums or are we including, like, mixtapes? I mean... I know Chitlin Circuit, just you know, Justice for All and uh Separate But Equal. We can we can throw them in there too. Okay, okay. So hold on, let me let me get the list real quick. Hold on, because I actually do have all right. So like I said, I'm gonna rank it from my favorite my, the best to the worst. So uh Minstrel Show is number one. Then sure. uh number two would be uh May the Lord Watch. Three, yes. the list. Three would be the listening. Um, four would be the first uh, Chitlin Circuit. The next classic. one, classic. yeah, classic, classic. Um, separate but equal. Um, after that, I would put uh, get back. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. after that, I would say justice for all. And then the last one I would say would be left back, which I thought was just one of those, like the left back was good, but it was one of those albums where like, you could tell like they just, their heart wasn't in it anymore. So they were like, ah, here, let's just put this out. But yeah, I I think the, the minstrel show as a, as a complete album, like I said, like is one of those albums I could play. I can play when I'm I'm working out. I can play when I'm like doing work. It's just like that album is timeless to me. I look, I agree with you, and I've said this. I think on Twitter, I wrote an article about it. There are three albums that influenced me as a artist um, and as a listener, and those albums were Outkast's "AT Aliens," mm-hmm. um, Nas's "It Was Written," mm-hmm. and. Little Brothers, The Minstrel Show. I mean, I could also throw Juvenile 400 Degrees, but I don't rap. I don't rap like that. So I don't rap like Juvie, and I don't, you know, so I can't put that put that in there. But that was that was the other album that shaped me. Uh, that's that's just as a man, you know. That's just yeah. as a man, not even as yeah as a rapper. But uh, <laughs> that, that's just favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, but no, Minstrel Show, man. I, I I like we 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 gotta get you. We, we gotta get together and, and do a hip hop do a hip hop one because you know what I'm saying. I feel like we could. We can we uh, we could go go back and forth for days on that shit. But, oh, um, look, we we can tap in. Like I said, I don't know what you feel about currency, but that's Nolo's favorite. Uh, that's his favorite artist right there. Second favorite. Oh, Lupe. Lupe's one. You don't really talk about Lupe I, that much. You, I actually do talk about when he dropped something. Not around here. Oh, yeah. But yeah, cur- but I more relate to currency. But Lupe is definitely my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like uh, I I like I like Lupe. I wasn't big. I wasn't the biggest fan of like a couple of his albums, but. I love, I like, I hold food and liquor in the cool very, very, very high in the history of, of hip hop, not just, you know, for a particular year, like in general, those are two great albums. Currency is funny. I've been a Currency fan, but he got so much music. That it's a lot. I can't keep up. It's a lot. Up with, he had, he had countless, countless, countless catalog of mixtapes. I respect the work ethic, though. Whatever. 
I respect the work ethic. If anything, I remember when uh, I first started, you know, putting out a shit ton of projects at one point, and uh, somebody was like, "Man, you know, you you on you on that currency diet, aren't you? You on that currency diet?" And I was like, "I was like, man, Spit will be putting this, he be putting like hella shit out." And I think to me, my favorite thing about currency is his ear. He has an amazing ear for uh, production, and mm-hmm. and so like I said, we could, we could definitely get a uh, yeah hip hop get a, get a hip hop joint, uh, you know. Conversation started. Yeah, for I sure. Will say, for, for I will sure. say, I will say, because Nolo said, and it got me, got me pumped up because I feel very passionately about this. It's in my, you know, if you had to submit for a prize or whatever, this one song, this is the greatest rap song of all time, hip hop song of all time. My first pick, I've always said, Uh-oh. is hip hop, hip hop, save me by Lupe Fiasco. So absolutely perfect. <laughs> Like saying, dog, it is a perfect song. It is, it is absolutely it is. if you it is if every every component, every component, rhythm, the fucking baseline, the fucking actual music, the fucking lyrics telling a fucking completely cinematic story where you're like you're like marking out for this guy in the middle of a fucking song. Like stag that cheese yes. for sure. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um you know that's that hey, actually to a, per, a great person, Slim Thug. Yeah, I was gonna yes. say yeah, like that's you know what that is. That is a good conversation. That's actually a good conversation you just brought up, Eric. You had to pick one song, <laughs> like for the like. Well, because it gets into song. interesting things. Because like you know when you talk about it's kind of like when you if Space Jam happened in real life, like what basketball players would you pick to be on the team, sort of thing. Um, because you don't always you're not always gonna pick the biggest or the most highest selling you're going to pick like what hits the highest in every component. And that's why like that one for me. And then another one that people are kind of like, what? But then when you listen to it, you're kind of like, okay, I kind of get it is um, my name is kiss by Jada kiss from the rough riders album, because it's just, it sounds great on any sound system. It's a fucking bounce. It's Jada kiss at the top of his fucking powers. Just he's just ridiculous on the track. The hook is awesome. It hits like you know what I'm saying. It's an eight point five or nine in every single component, and that's that's those are my two songs that I talk about whenever I have that conversation. Hip hop saved my life, and my name is Kiss by Jada Kiss. I always think about that Kiss song because uh, I think he said something about he sat with the players and stood with the coaches, and I'm always being the hood like roaches. Roaches, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> like that's the first time I heard. I was like, I, I think I, I was a lot younger, but I, I, I thought that was like a dope ass line. And uh, and man, like I said, we we could have some, we could have some hip hop goddamn episodes. This motherfucker, we have it. We've been we've been caught up in this wrestling shit, but. Uh, you know, like I said, and that's just the last however many episodes, and and we've done football and stuff like that. But hip hop, man, it's hip hop is such a vast, vastly, um, spe- it's such a special art form, and and for people who appreciate lyricism and and rhythm and the flows and uh and the production, it, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of bullshit bullshit music that uh that, that that's around, so. It's always good to connect with people that understand and have appreciation for hip hop uh, at its core. So, um, but yeah, I, I wanted to take away from the wrestling for a second because the little brother thing, kind of like I said, when I saw that, I was like super excited for y'all just to get that opportunity. And like I said, I think it's just it's just super dope 
to see uh see brothers, you know what I'm saying? See see our brothers get to get that opportunity. I want to ask though, because of the little brother thing, are y'all actually based in North Carolina? No, we are Virginia. Yes, yeah. Virginia. Virginia. Okay. Yeah. But like, okay. like I said, you know, that's you know, Virginia, North Y'all neighbors. Been, yeah, neighbors. very connected. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like I've been like I've been to Durham and everything like that. Like I said, unfortunately I couldn't go to this uh to the block party, but yeah. It, to me, like little brother is uh they are Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> they're Virginia group in my eyes too. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, you know, like I said, man, I, like little brothers to me, I, not a lot of people have the understanding. I think uh, one of the other people, uh, my guy Cam, uh, everybody knows the Seahawk. We've had mm-hmm. private conversations about a uh, little brother because he's a huge, he's a huge little brother fan, and it's like it's always dope running into people, you know, because like. It's funny you mentioned Virginia because the first little brother project that I actually purchased was in Virginia, uh, bro, in Virginia at an outlet. One of them outlets out there in Virginia, uh, I bought the Minstrel Show because I that was my first that was the first album that I heard of them, and so I bought that in Virginia. Uh, I was out doing some stuff. I ain't really had no business doing in Virginia, but I uh, went to this well, regular tape before you said before you said that I was gonna ask you what part, but if I ain't trying, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah we, we don't, no, no, I don't. You know what no. they say? <laughs> what there is to do in Virginia. Well, look, I was I was in Virginia. I was um, I was trying to go find Pusher T. That's just, we can we could just do uh, it that that's way. Well, I, like I, said, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was trying. To, yeah, but I, I I ended up I think it was a record and tape traders. Maybe I want to say the store was maybe like when the outlets or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I went there and I saw the I saw it because I read in a double XL magazine that the album was fire, and I was like, you know what? Let me just go cop go copy and see what it is. You know what I'm saying? It's only $15. Like, whatever, I got that. That's cool. And I went, and I remember just listening to the opening, like, this first three songs, and I was like, yo, this is some shit here, boy. And and it's like, and and, and that's why I always talk about hip-hop is like, you remember where you were when you first heard an artist that became, like, one of your favorites. You always remember those moments. And, and like, like, I mentioned 400 Degrees. The first time I heard Juvenile, I never forget. I was, you know, with my with my big cousin, and he's sitting there. and He was like, "I'm gonna play this shit," and he played it, and I heard, you know, that's you with that badass bands, huh? And I mm-hmm. thought that was the dopest shit alive. I was like, "Yo, this is the dope." I was like, "Yo, yo, what he?" I don't, I didn't know what he was because it was. He ain't, yeah, it, no, it, he ain't sound. It really was. And then I saw the video. He was like mad greasy in the video, and I was like, "Man, he looked like all my niggas. That's, I'm I'm around right now. Like it, it felt like rap. Well, it wasn't like." You know the puffy era and all that stuff like that, where they was shining, they talking about they was millionaires and they was in shiny suits. Like I don't, I wasn't around nobody, you know, especially as a kid, I wasn't around nobody in no shiny suits. I seen people with white tees and and you know Jabot, well not Jabot jeans because they don't wear that shit in Baltimore, but you know the white tees definitely, you know what I mean. And and so like like I said, hip hop, you just always remember what connects you to those to those particular uh, particular things. But there's, there's wanna... a reason that both Juvenile and DMX kind of like took over in the same year, same time frame. Was that exact Different. thing? Was that transition? Different. Yeah. It was stuff that people can relate to. Something, something I heard yeah. that was cool um, in the DMX documentary that came out a little bit after he passed away is that DMX always used to say like we and me and mine, like he was never above anybody. You know what I mean? And even in the raps. And that was, you know, that's that. And then the the Rough Riders Anthem video was 
very similar to the juvenile for a half video in that same way where it was depicting things that had not really been in music videos before and kind of set the tone. Like that's what every video looks like now, but those were very different and very like uh, groundbreaking at the time, especially on like major mainstream like on MTV and shit. They had, you would never see nothing like that on MTV before that. Yeah. So. I feel like that's when it comes to like, especially like discovering hip hop is like the importance. Like it's not so much today, but how it was back then. But like, like not the like the main MTV channels, but like MTV jams or like MTV two. Like I said, the first time I heard Little Brother was MTV two, and like I said, it was like a little like the little hip hop hour they had, and like I said, I thought it would like it was just one of those things like I instantly gravitated to. I remember like when you talked about. What do you would like be the perfect introduction or like the greatest hip hop song to like introduce somebody? One of the album or one of the songs I would say would be Camp Lowe's Lachini. Like I love everything. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a perfect hip hop song. Even if for like people that don't understand what they're saying, I just think it's one of those songs that people bought to heard it on BET. I think uh, Rich Boy throw throw some uh, throw some D's. I heard it on MTV Jam. I remember the first time that song came out. Like it. it hadn't even blown up yet. I thought that was one of the illest songs I've ever heard in my life. And then like three months later, everybody was playing it. So I think I think that's like a missed uh a missed art when it comes to like introducing new music is just like just sitting, flipping through the channels, stuff and catching your attention. And then from there, oh I gotta go get this record. I need to go buy the album, XYZ. I miss that excitement, yeah, yeah of, t- of tuning into the show and like we got new stuff from this or or um they used to have you know the uh I don't God it's, you know we're we're also old but <laughs> it was yeah. you know they would have a word for you know hot new artist or something like that like it would be something new and uh you know the or an artist that wasn't blown up yet or a brand new video of something that was kind of you know under unsigned hype and um you know that's that's where a lot of people for the first now me and True have talked about. It's not the case, but for us, but that's how a lot of people were introduced to 50 Cent for the first time was Wankster on, you know, you know, new artist, whatever. Um, Personally, I had the power of the dollar preview cassette tape that had a minute of every song (laughs) that came out. (laughs) (laughs) That came out before he got shot and lost the album release. Uh, So, God, that probably worth a lot of money right now. It's the only version of power of the dollar even though it's just a minute of every song it's the only version of power of the dollar that like exists in an almost complete form you know you can't even find that no more because he got shot and then came back and released the mixtapes of all the songs so good time now you 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 brought up you brought up you brought up something to my 50 like i got a whole i got a whole story about 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 50 i ain't gonna go uh, into it but i didn't have the power of the dollar cassette definitely 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 didn't have that. I wasn't, uh, I think I was of age to get the cassette for that at the time. But um, I remember the first time, like I heard uh, How to Rob and uh, Your Life's on the Line. And my cousin one, used to be the, in. Your Life's on the Line? I'll never forget that. I'll never forget the fucking chills that went up my spine. First time I heard that. Five. Walking down the that's fucking a, sidewalk. Classic. Ridiculous. Classic. So like, yeah. uh how I found out about 50 was on Boxton. Not Boxton. Allhiphop.com. Allhiphop.com. Oh, shit. You, you, you took me back. <laughs> yeah, dog. 
Uh, I was about that form of life when I was younger. Uh, they started talking about him. They started posting like uh, songs about like how to rob, and it just started talking about his stories. I was like, "Who is this?" And I heard, and I heard, and I was like, "Oh, because I love when people are disrespectful to people." It's one of my favorite parts of hip hop. Mm. It is. It's my fa- it's, it's one uh, of your favorite things about life. If that is what you want to take it as, <laughs> I will accept it. Uh, but I just I thought the energy in the record was like amazing, and then shortly after with. Uh, uh, Cause Jay is one of my favorites. Um, when he went back at him at Summer uh, Jam, and I was like, "This is a great time. I love everything about this." In, in well, that was the thing. I forgot about that story too. Is uh, "Your Life's on the Line" is actually the first Fifty song I ever heard. So that was like the introduction. So yeah, that was it for me. I was <laughs> this is my first round draft pick. Um, I always what? say with Fifty. Well, I would say with Fifty though, there's, there's to me there he he had two introductions, right? Like two, yeah. because yeah, there's absolutely. How to Rob, Life, Life's on the Line, and then he got shot. He disappeared for a while, and then my reintroduction to him is my cousin's from Queens. Um, my cousin dabbles in being around the uh, Guy Brewer One Three Four Southside crew, um, and he was telling me he was like, you know, you know Fifty, right? And I was like, 50 Cent. Oh, you know, I, I was known him as your life's on the line. A nigga who who fought Ja Rule and and had beef with Ja Rule. And he was like, Yeah, yeah. He's like, yo, he making these tapes. And I'm like, tapes? He's like, mixtapes. And the only mixtapes I knew was like DJ Clue, uh, mm-hmm. you know, K Slay, and 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 I think they had like Funk Funk Flex and Big Cap had like an album or something. Um and I remember just sitting there, yeah, you know, talking to him. And then he was like, yo, he said, I'm gonna come down this bitch and I'm gonna bring you uh one of them tapes. And I said, Bet. And he brought 50 Cent is the future mixtape. And I had heard nothing, like nothing. I heard nothing. I said, okay, and listen to it. I, t- I, I took it and put it on my Walkman and going to school, my CD Walkman going to school the next day. And I'd never in my life heard anything like that. Like you heard people make remixes. But remixing the entire song for an entire tape, I'd never heard anybody do that shit. And I was like, yo, this is different. Like, this is different. And then I would tell my cousin, like, yo, give me every tape he come out with. I need every tape. Every tape. Then it was, you know, No Mercy, No Fear, God's Plan, Automatic Gunfire. Like, that whole G-Unit run. Like, that was, like, that's. That was a special year. That was a special year. Like, you couldn't. Ooh. Cause that was my song for a long ass time. Well, and that's people, uh, people talk about, um, get rich or die trying, but that's not his, in my mind, that's not his only five star classic. Guess who's back was is fucking ridiculous, like one of the greatest yeah, rap albums yeah. ever, and in my mind, which is funny because Guess Who's Back is just a compilation of like, yeah, the songs exactly. over all the, the years. stuff he did, yeah, 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 and he some did. Of the powered up dollar stuff, and yeah, because <laughs> Bad News is like, I remember the first time I heard Bad News, and oh that gosh. was like. That was just like, you know, just just it, like to me when you talk about hook writers in in hip hop history, you know, we talk about the Nate Dogs and and I heard people mention like T Pain's and Dream and like the, I think Fifty is like there too because his hooks for years like you he, like you couldn't miss. Yeah, and, memorable, very memorable. And it didn't and matter like, like what kind of like style he was going with, even when he was coming up and was more of a grittier style. When he made it and he started making more catchy songs that you was gonna get stuck in your head regardless, yeah. and it was still fire. 
Like yeah, outside of candy shop, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> outside of candy shop, when I heard candy shop, I, I, was I, like, I, I agree. I agree with you. wasn't my wasn't my thing. Not your, your, yeah. not your cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, some, that wasn't. Got some great memories with that song playing in the background. Um, oh no doubt. But the yeah, memories, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Shout out the ring. Yeah, hey, yo, that's funny. That is funny. What the, like I said, hey, when, when we start the uh, when we start the Patreon, we'll, we'll have him back and we'll tell some stories. Oh, what? Yeah, what? what? Sounds like fun. What Listen, is look, I got a, look? I got a I got a plan to. I told you we're gonna have some ladies coming on here and have real different conversations and real stories and topics. Uh, but but for now we got to stick with the sports and the uh in the you know professional wrestling right now. I have a lot of women and Eric, you know several. I've shown you several of the women that want to be on on the podcast. Um, not a good idea for me. Uh, not a good idea for me to have women that I've dealt with in the past to come on the podcast and tell stories. That's probably a really stupid idea. But I have a particular story to a fifty cent song with one of the women who wants to be on the show. And it is Amusement Park, uh, which I don't, I'm not a big fan of that song, but I have a memory tied to that. There's a, like, I got a memory for every 50 project that ever came out. Most of them not, not good after a certain time. But I, I think, I don't know, like I said, I think 50 is one of the greatest hook writers to ever do it. And I absolutely, like I said, he's, for me, he was, like, it was, it was 50 Jay was Jay was one of my biggest. Uh, I was like, he's one of my favorites, up to a certain point. Um, I think after Jay retired, that first time at the Black Album, it kind of, you know, I became like fifty, and then, I mean, Kanye too. Kanye was another one. Um, I, I like especially early that 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 like that, that first that first four or five album run, Kanye was like just. I just thought he was he was just ridiculous. And um, so like, yeah, I think those those were like for me like that time. I always, I always say like it was like for most people in my circle, that that era was like high school, middle school, high school-ish, a little bit, you know what I mean? Like everybody I know was in some form of like school because I see people get on social media and they will like completely shit on 50 and act like 50 ain't you know like like 50 wasn't really really wasn't really that big because like they weren't there to witness they won't outside they don't know nothing yeah like they didn't see that and and somebody was like yo 50 had one album and i was like nah they had like a whole run like lloyd banks went like triple platinum and his young buck went like the g look the g unit run from 03 to 06 is crazy insane uh, they they got tony yayo to do good numbers his for his album like come platinum on bro how are you how are we questioning this a platinum plaque for tony yayo i still can't you know what's funny i bought that album too because it came out the same day as late registration too. late registration and, and yeah. yayo came out and i bought both late registration and and, and was the thoughts of a predicate felon and i ain't gonna lie i've never been a yayo fan like that but his album had some moments. That same no. was bad. That oh. same was fine. <laughs> that same was good. That same was good. It was just surprising. <laughs> I didn't expect. I, I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. I, 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 I didn't. Like, and it's crazy because I I remember like 
the Yale Yale success came like right on the tail end of the run, right? It was like right yeah. near the end yeah. mm-hmm. when things started changing. And I always say, and me and Eric had this conversation too. The one project from G Unit that always gets slept on to me is the soundtrack to uh Get Rich Die Trying yeah. movie. Yeah. Get Rich or Die Trying. And I yes. think that soundtrack, it it just it came at a bad time. You know, game. It's a classic too. Him. It's a classic too. It's it's fire. And he had Mace involved in like the MOP and Mob Deep thing. So I think people was kind of a little off about that. But I mean, it, it went double platinum. So obviously it still did good. But it's like, I just like, that's one of those projects that you don't hear people talk about. You hear people talk about Give It Should Die trying the album. But the soundtrack is super fucking strong. Incredible. And incredible. Like I said, that G Unit run, man. I wish, like I said, like I, I always say, Ed Boy, bless him. <laughs> I hope you, yeah. Did yeah. any did y'all did anybody get a chance to to see fifty? I know he did like a whole world tour. Does anybody get a chance? I saw a lot of people on my on my social media go to any of y'all. I know nah, Eric. I don't think I, you got a chance to go. I didn't get a chance. He uh, I was going through some bullshit, so I could not go when he Damn. came. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I was like, damn. I made poor. I made poor uh, choices, and <laughs> I should have made my better choice. Would have been to go see Fifty. <laughs> it happens, bro. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Yeah, no, that's funny because he came. He came to Baltimore, and I had already left Baltimore by then. And I was planning on in my mind. I was like, "Yo." We going and like five of my friends that still live back at Baltimore hit me up and was like, "Yo, we going to the Fifty concert. Just fly back, yo. Just fly back for the night. <laughs> like fly back for the night and go to the concert." And by the time I got to Atlanta, he was already he was already here, already been here. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I I have one memory of Fifty in, in concert. We got to go back. We was like backstage too. It was the uh, in Virginia. I want to say. Um, Jiffy was it, is it Jiffy Lube Live? They still call it that. Or they changed the name. They changed the name of it. I think it's oh, Bristol. The <laughs> yeah, whatever that shit is, it used to be called Jiffy Lube Live back in the day. But I don't think they. I think they changed the name of it now. I don't know. But I know they had the Anger Management uh, Three Tour with Eminem, Lil John, and Fifty. And this is like right after Massacre came out, and we got to go to that concert. Me and my brother Apollo, and a couple of my couple of my cousins, and everybody, and we went. And like I always tell people, if you got a chance to go to a concert, go. Especially when somebody's on a run. Because yeah, yeah. my first concert ever was the Cash Money Rough Riders tour. That was the first Ooh, tour I ever. Yeah, and and I never forget they had some girls on stage. I was young and <laughs> girls on stage. Yes. In my- <laughs> And my big cousin was like, yo, you shouldn't be seeing this shit. But like, these motherfuckers, they, them, they, they, they like, bring the girls on stage. And like, you know, Bird, Birdman was there too. I don't think that I don't think that was the night he said I fucks with niggas too. But I know for a fact that he they brought like 30 girls on stage and they had them all twerking to, you know, to I need a hot girl and, and all that stuff like that. And like, it's just those moments of hip hop. You don't. I don't feel like you have those moments no more, right? Where you go to a concert and it's like, it's a moment that now you look back and like, damn, yo, I got to be there in the height of this person's run and the height of this is that. We don't have, I don't feel like we got that no more in hip hop. Like, I don't, there's nobody that embodies that movement. Like there's single artists, like solo artists that 
are huge. You know, you got your Drakes, you got your Kendricks, you got your Coles, you got, you know, everybody else. Like, you got those guys, but there's no movement. You know, like like Eric brought up DMX. That was a whole fucking movement by movement. himself. Like, like, and he had a whole crew with the locks and Eve and Dragon, like, everybody, Swiss beats making beats. Like, he had everything. It's like, we just... You just don't get that. You just don't get that no more. And I feel like it's just a lost art, uh, hip hop, man. Like I, I, I miss, I miss that movement. Uh, that, like how you, how you used to feel. And um, yeah, like I said, we, we, we could, we could easily have a whole long ass conversation about hip hop, but I don't want to take up too much of y'all, t- too much of y'all time. And, hey man, uh, what it's all good. Is... I just wanted to mention uh, my first uh, concert uh, was yeah. the Glow in the Dark tour. Uh, oh shit! Nerd. Lupe. Lupe. Sad because I didn't get to see Lupe that night because they started the show early uh, because there was a tornado watch. So I was like, damn. So I, it took me it took damn. me like another year to see Lupe. But that concert, still amazing. Uh, Rihanna did her thing and got off the, the uh, uh, stage, stage uh, rather quickly right before Kanye. So I always love him for that. Even though I... <laughs> Rihanna is amazing now, but at that time, not really hitting to me. Mm. Mm. He was blind. When you say when you say not really hitting, you mean the music? Wait, wait, music. Oh, okay. I thought you meant, I was, no. I thought you meant but I was, no, no. I thought this was a music conversation. My bad. I would never. No, I was. I'm just. I just asked Rihanna. You know. <laughs> just ask it, brother. You know. I say. I. You know. Because Rihanna always been hitting. You know. That's oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was always music. We was about to have a real conversation. Hey, brother. <laughs> and I appreciate you for coming at me and asking. Absolutely. absolutely. But no. Out of I'm concern. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> what is uh what's coming up this week on Black Eye Wrestling Podcast? On Tuesday, probably. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Um, so it looks like all four of us will be together. We've now treated those episodes as like Voltron forming because it's very rare that all four of us will, will come together. So this will actually be DMX, um, his return to the show. He's uh, he moved down to he's also in Atlanta. Yeah, he is in Atlanta. DMX is in Atlanta, and so this will be his first time on the show since August, August, yes. July, August, August. August. You know what I mean? And so essentially, we're just gonna be talking about the what's been happening over the week. Um, obviously, we got our predictions. T- uh, my predictions title defense with Bound for Glory is yours for now. When you get to watch NWA for I'm well, four weeks, it's all right, bro. It's, not it's all happen. right. And essentially, now that we're we're in the final stretch, we're about to hit 150 for episodes. Like I said, our fifth year anniversary episode. We're gearing up to go on a visual, you know, being actually more visual. So YouTube, TikTok, stuff like that. So yeah, it's we 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 on a little a little come up right now as far and then like I said, this uh this next episode is just building more into that. So you are going to see Black Eye Wrestling Podcast at its absolute best coming up on Tuesday, probably. So definitely tap in Bye. for that. We appreciate them. Uh, true, we got the, the the DAR Sports show starting next week um, where we got both football yeah. and basketball. Um, I'm going to start sneaking Scully on to talk some MMA, too. Uh, no. <laughs> um, what else do we got going on coming up there, True? uh right now like i said it, it's it's been hectic um for those of y'all who've been listening of course you make sure you check out all the 
50 11 albums that that we've put, uh, put out in the last uh, three months. Sure. There's Comeback Trail, my, my solo joint. Uh, you can check that out. It has uh, Anthony King and uh, uh, from the from the Swerve City crew. You got Mega Ran or Mega Sparks, who just announced that he got, you know, we got the nominations going on from the AEW, uh, who we are, who we are stuff going on right now for the Grammys, uh, the Grammy consideration. Um, make sure you check out the Straight Out of a Comic Book, which is a comic book centered project from the entire DAR crew. Uh, we got myself and my brother Shaka Sapalo. We got the platform and older guys do evolve. And I have a project that I'm actually gonna be finishing after we <laughs> finishing uh, after we wrap this up. So um, that'll be out uh, very soon. Um, we we got a NBA article from Jeff Jeff Axel. Of course, it is actually should have been live. I don't know. I don't think I hit the right button to put it live yet. But um, he's talking to NBA. Of course, we got you know the sports pod talking about the uh, NBA season, which starts next week. Everybody knows I'm excited about that football, Tuesday. which is on right now. You know, yeah, everybody, yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday's a big day. Uh, Tuesday is a huge day. I fly back into Baltimore Tuesday for a couple days and I get to bet on FanDuel finally again after uh, after two months away <laughs> from, from FanDuel. So <laughs> I'm excited about that for day, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, man, um, we got a lot going on. Uh, so there's there's a couple more guests coming up, a couple more shows we're working on. Got a lot of stuff going. Um, if anybody, of course, wants to, you know, wants to do a collab or, or work with us, I'm not hard to reach. Eric's not hard to reach. We're always here. Um, you know what I'm saying? Appreciate the uh the Black Guy Wrestling Podcast for, for coming on, man. Like I said, much, much respect and much love much to y'all and, and what y'all do. You know what I'm saying? We always like to see the good. The good folks in this thing get get the love and get the you know what I'm saying and, and get the support that they need and they they deserve. So uh Thank big you. shout out to y'all. Appreciate you. Um man. yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. And once again, um I I'm right now I'm trying to convince uh several people right now <laughs> to come on uh come on the show. And I say convince because there's a lot of red tape to get actual wrestlers and, and and people actually on and get approved for for fucking it's a lot of red tape uh red so tape. way too much red tape so I, I forgot how much i hated this shit when i left it when i left it alone for years now i gotta we've get just, back into it but no we've just stopped yeah we just said we're good <laughs> you know it's funny i thought about i uh, thought about it but i was like man i got these relationships with people in this business like fuck that yeah like fuck that like we're gonna go through this red tape i had to go through red tape to even get involved with the aw shit a lot of red tape so i was like fuck it if i'm here y'all getting your asses on this damn podcast at some point it's gonna take a little while but like i said it's it's uh we, we got a lot of things coming up um nostalgia hour we gotta bring it back me and me and eric definitely been talking about that a lot of people been asking me about it um like I said next week, not a hundred percent sure um if we'll be able to get a nostalgia hour in, but I know for a fact, like I said, definitely want to tune into our uh our NBA and NFL pod. I think that's gonna be the one you gotta listen to next week. Uh, but that seems like everything else we got going on. I'm sure I missed something, but I am exhausted mentally today. So I am probably missing something, but I'll kick it back over to Eric. You already know. Do what you guys? Is. Do you guys have a sports gambling in Virginia? Yes, we do. 
skull, bro. Generational gambling opportunity this weekend. Volk and Usman, fucking underdogs. Oh my god. I would put money on Volk. Go well, do it. Go do it. Go do it. Yeah. I would like. As you can see from. Hey. As you can see from these relationships, we continue to build and everything that True just listed out. The world of DAR Sports Media and the Black Eye Wrestling Podcast never stops. Never. Easy. Tizzy, Blizzy, Truey, Apollo, we. Everybody eat. Ready for everyone? As I'm blunted, as I'm running, never nothing under hunting. Playing games and throws a bust of breezes. How a nigga stuntin'? Baltimore, we verified with the two-step. Solo with coalitions, tipsy from jungle juice. Yes, making in this way your age potholes destroy your twenties. Now the drives riding dirty, dirty, hoarding money's new yeah, yo. Buck fifty straight to the base. Out with the trap, with the cheese, no rest to escape. Everybody dragging having bags is a passion. That's why we at it. Cash addicts in the attics on top of living lavish. Hating the flagging asses. I think we lack the access. I'm making an actual access. Give us a passing message, best a matter of fact. Anybody lucky try it. Decide if you try to be the product with the price of riot. With the eye of the tiger, we can see tigers and iron. Never scared of defiant. It's Ant Hills to a giant. Beauty's in the eye of a beholder. Take the music world and carry it on my shoulders. My system's organized on a line like a solar. The value's big money, betting like a high roller. Respect is earned, no, it's never given. Placement and checks, that's the life that I'm living. Throw the alley oop to tears when I'm assisting and watch what's I'm ducking for the win with persistence. It's easy money, we don't even need to show out. When we in the game, it's a guaranteed blowout. Listen to the track and you can hear the variety. It's so old dog, we some menace to society. I'm a certified lyrical genius. Every 16, I'ma make it prestigious. Never egregious, no, it's not another. The flow is Booker T, can you dig it, sucker? This is more than just a fire verse in my universe. My district might have such a true search of something in his universe. It might your worst, cause fire works. Methods that can truly hurt. But who reversed the path you want? Just know that we did fire first. Can I disperse? Let me get back to business. My vision isn't clear, but through the lens. My passion witness, I speak for the ones. Bernie Mac of this era without the terror. Richard Pryor compiling strips to reach for the sun. You throw a finger in the sky, they know that we be the ones. If niggas looking for a problem, just know we be the ones. I'm from the west side, best side, we from the slums. I need placements, checks, and some reasonable funds. We charm city, take a drink, or throw some weed in the blunt. And you ain't built like we built, ain't no reason to front. It's like I'm old 250 with no need for the gun. And I give you the one-on-one if you need reasons to stunt. This is Mervo meets Merlo. Poly meets politicians who city and power missions. We knighted in our inscription. This music is my addiction. Therapy for the wise. Make the point crystal. Giving you clarity in the vibe. There's no eye in team, they put an arrow on the dream. Let's see if they fix it in the DLC. Thousands of streams, millions and millions of fans see me. They wanna know how I got a song on TV. They can't fuck with me. True Blizz a tizzy, I am he, Apollo Belly. Hunter Gatherer, family man, and the rest don't matter. Rather it does, the earth shatters when you play us in clubs. Fly as a dove, fly as can be. I'm off the top rope and I'm high as can be. Moving freely, I can go anywhere I want to. And I don't need an entourage to slump you we got access they tell us to come through can't forget about me i won't allow it too many niggas at the top top of the mover is crowded won't have my legacy clouded or shrouded in mystery we in museums this is history